risen. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. It's an awesome day. And for those who need a little bit of encouragement, <clears throat> although you may not have seen the sun rise this morning, it did. And though you may have not seen the Son of God rise, he did. Okay? Uh, well, we have a series that's uh, going to be taking place uh, next weekend, <clears throat> and uh, it's a new series I I'm developing as we speak. Well, let me just give you a little teeny sneak preview of it. Absolutely. Fishing season is right around the season, you know, right around, well, a week or two, I think, you know. And uh, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Well, the truth of it is, you're a better fisher of men if you understand how to fish, okay? So uh, we will be talking about learning to be a fisher of men, but I will promise you, we will share some secrets that will make you a better fisherman a fish as well, okay? So uh, if you know some fishermen, you'll encourage them to come out. We're going to have a blast. And then as soon, that's only going to last for two weeks. And then we're going to begin uh, a new series. It's going to last. I told you last week it was going to last, what, six? How, how long is it? Six or eight weeks? We made a decision. It's going to last seven weeks, okay? Right there in the middle. And that's a perfect number as well. So uh, let's just take a little preview of that as well. What on earth am I here for? 
And I venture to say just about everybody has had a thought similar to that. It's like, why am I here? What is my purpose for being here? And we're going to take, <clears throat> excuse me, seven weeks <clears throat> and discover what you're shaped for, figure out what you are here on this planet for. Now, simultaneously, as we are, we're teaching this in the weekend services, <clears throat> we're going to be having our life groups. And our life groups already meet, and they meet any day of the week, morning, noon, or night, whatever. Some have you know, some refreshments, some have a meal, uh, can be on the top of a mountain, wherever. But uh, what we're going to be doing during this particular series is the life groups will all have a devotional book. There's a devotion that's related to what on earth am I here for, one for every day throughout that, that month or two. And uh, you'll meet in a life group. And we encourage you, if you've not uh, joined up for a life group, please sign up for a life group. But on top of that, if you are <clears throat> willing to facilitate a life group for seven weeks, and that would mean uh, that you would have a life group, you'd put a bag of cookies on the table, a cup of coffee or something, people would come in, you'd welcome them, and if you got a, a computer or a television with a, a DVD player there, you would put a CD or DVD that we would give you into it, you hit play. And then uh, Mike, who's over uh, our life groups, and myself will come on and say, hey, welcome here, and we'll give you a question to discuss. And then you can just shut me up, pause. <clears throat> you can't do that in here, don't try, okay? <clears throat> but, uh, and then y'all discuss that, then you go to the next question. That's it. it. It's not really complex at all. We'll teach you and we'll work with you. And if you say, you know, man or woman, if, if you're willing to help facilitate a life group for seven weeks, and, and I really need some life group leaders, okay? Please sign up. And if you're already in a life group, and you go, I'm willing to facilitate a life group, and you can stay in your life group, and then facilitate another life group on a different night, or take a little sabbatical for that seven weeks and facilitate a life group. Does that make sense? And at the back of the uh, <clears throat> sanctuary there, the uh, connections desk, there's an application that you know, gives us your information. We'll contact you. We need to do that pretty soon. So all the folks who want to be in a life group, we can put them in one that's close in their area if that's uh, where they would choose to go. So I really, really need your help there. Now, finally, before we uh, look into what the scripture says, I'd like to share one a little uh, more video clip with you. And uh, it's a gentleman who's uh, been connected with us for some time, his family, and he grew up in this area. He just wants to share uh, what Christ has done in his life. His name is uh, Eric Kastner. Hi, my name is Eric Kastner. I'm 36 years old. I'm from Southington, Connecticut here, and I just got back yesterday from Los Angeles, California, from a place called the Dream Center. It's a renovated Queen of Angels hospital, 400,000 square feet. That it's about 22 years now that Pastor Tommy Barnett and Pastor Matthew Barnett began. Pastor Matthew was only 20 years old when he started. And, and it's really grown, and they, they have so many different ministries, and you get to meet people from all around the world, get speakers from all around the world. It was really incredible. Let me start back. I, you know, I'm the oldest. I have three younger sisters. I was, you know, the only brother, and I was raised in a Christian home. My, my parents became uh, born again when I was very young. I don't know, seven, eight years old, 
and we went to church all the time and I, I, be, I believed in God I, uh, but, I, but I always I never got that really close relationship that I needed so at a very young age I remember just wanting to like drink alcohol for example like beer commercials they, they looked really you know looked like it was fun so I started maybe nine, ten years old, drinking, sneaking drinks with the older guys in the neighborhood, older, my older friends in the neighborhood, and uh, that just progressed. I, I ended up starting to lead a double life, and by the age of 12, I was smoking weed and, and drinking pretty often. I was always able to, you know, look okay on the outside, but inside I was really missing something, definitely. I met my eventual wife. Uh, while I was in college when I was like 19 and so I ended up uh, getting married at an early age and uh, I was blessed with a with a two kids my daughter Sophie is 10 now my son Chase is seven in uh, my early 20s I, I I graduated from Central Connecticut University and, and got a, a teaching job a couple years later and I became a physical education teacher and life, you know, was good on the outside, but I, I still was using drugs mainly on the weekend and drinking, that kind of stuff. Just, I ended up getting a DWI the night before field day, which is a, one of the biggest days of the year for being a physical education teacher. We had two towns I worked in. Everyone met for field day, and I got a DWI the night before and didn't show up for field day. The guilt and shame with that, I, I didn't even show up the rest of the year for school. I called in the rest of the year for school and didn't show up the next year and just, that's how I ended my teaching career. My, my wife had enough of, me, of catching me doing the wrong thing and she filed for divorce a few years ago. My landscaping business just went under, ended up just totally going downhill, doing all the, the, the hard drugs that I hadn't done before, smoking crack, uh, heroin, that ended up being the, the drug that really took me down and, and so a year ago I was I was in detox I was I was ready to to finally submit to doing something like all the 30-day 40-day rehabs they didn't work so I knew I needed something long-term pastor Ron spoke with my father while I was in detox and, and told him about a place called the Dream Center and you know it was it was in California in Los Angeles California and I, I was in detox, I did the application, and they were able to get me in. Coming out to the Dream Center, I just, the flight over, and then once I got there and you know said goodbye to my father who, who flew out there and dropped me off the night before, uh, I finally surrendered to God. I just, I said, you know, whatever, Lord, I'll, I'll do whatever, and I just, I committed. And after that, it was all downhill, really, you know, I was able to start to be able to sleep again and just feel better physically spiritually, emotionally, and even the, and just have this sense of peace that I never had before. Before that, I, I was just an anxiety-ridden, drug-addicted mess. I, I really had no hope, no future, and I, would just, I just saw people that, you know, had been there for a while that, you know, had similar backgrounds to me of just being totally broken and, and hopeless, and they just had this, you know, this glow about them where they you know they had it they just like just stick it out just do this program you know do whatever God wants and he'll bless you a million times over and he has you know I have so many more things to look forward to and I'm not worried about you know before I thought I did everything on my own everything I tried to you know I was such, such a strong-willed person where I could I could do this I could do that and I know I'm nothing without Christ that I have to just 
and pray to God and ask him for guidance and for wisdom in everything I do and I've never had that before. So going forward, I'm just I'm so excited to for what God has for me. I, I'm not sure what that is, and I'm, I'm, but I'm excited because I know it's going to be something very powerful, very good. I'm, I just got back yesterday, and I'm, I'm already just super excited about what's, what's going on in my life. You know, uh, what I want to talk uh, <clears throat> with you about this morning is experiencing the power of the resurrection. And that's what Eric just shared with us. He experienced resurrection power and it brought a radical transformation in his life. And that is available to everybody on the planet. <clears throat> well, uh, let me share something I came across. A man was visiting the Holy Land and he sent his neighbors a postcard describing the beautiful gardens there. The neighbor, six-year-old, said, I wonder if he saw the rose. <clears throat> uh, actually, I think, let's see if I have that here. Okay. He says, uh, I wonder <clears throat> if he saw the rose while he was there in the Holy Land. And Dad asked, what rose? You know, like the Bible women saw. They went to the garden where Jesus was buried, and they saw Christ had a rose. Some of you will get that tonight or tomorrow or something like that, okay? All right. Kind of lame, right? But, uh, you know, sometimes the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ is hard for some folks to grasp. They misunderstand it. Sometimes. Not only that little kid misunderstood it, but there's adults who misunderstand it. And they don't grasp the reality of what has transpired. Listen to what it says here in Matthew chapter 22, verse 29. It says, Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err. Uh, to err means to make a mistake. And he says, You have made a mistake. You do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. See, knowing the scriptures is linked to knowing the power of God. If you want God's power released in your life, resurrection power, well then we best to get to know the scriptures. Because rarely have I seen much resurrection power if a person is not beginning to get familiar with the scriptures. Once again, Jesus said, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. And see, by raising from the dead, <clears throat> Jesus demonstrated the power that he had claimed to have. Think about that for a moment. This power that he claimed to have, he demonstrated it. Just like, <clears throat> I got a new flashlight. If you've been around here very long, you know I love flashlights, you know. And uh, I got a new flashlight, and it's a pretty powerful flashlight. And I actually have it in my bag, okay? <clears throat> I know it's a little flashlight, okay? It's a little flashlight. <clears throat> but <clears throat> it's, a, it's pretty powerful, isn't it? 
You're not impressed. You're impressed? Well, you know, I told you I was going to demonstrate. And that Jesus demonstrated his power, and I just wanted to demonstrate the power I have in my flashlight here. And it is a very awesome flashlight. And all I need now is a volunteer. Almost had one. I saw that. <clears throat> but I told you I had a flashlight. A pretty powerful. You all remember the flashlight I had last year? You turn it on, you put it near my notes, and my notes burst into flame. That was a powerful flashlight. But well, this is pretty powerful. And if you don't believe me, come on up here. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to put that right there. But uh, now, now, ooh. oh, I thought I had a volunteer there for a moment. Okay. All right. We no, no volunteers. Well, Jesus demonstrated the power that he claimed to have, and he did it by raising from the dead. He demonstrated it, and the whole world knows about it and has heard about it. The Russian word for Sunday means resurrection. And all those folks who understand Russian and communism and, and atheism and whatever else, when they say Sunday, they're saying resurrection. It's amazing. And I just thought it was just fantastic the way God figured that whole deal out. And, you know, there's a, a famous clock, the most famous clock in the world, and it's in London. It's called Big Ben, and it stands by the House of Parliament, and it towers above the Westminster Abbey, and it's a familiar landmark to most people. The chimes play the tune of a hymn, and the hymn is, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Here is a hymn that's being played before all the public and the most famous clock in the world, and it's playing, I know my Redeemer liveth. What I'm saying is, people all over the world have heard about the resurrection, and it has influenced them in all kinds of ways. And resurrection power, once you experience it, it brings about a radical transformation in your life and in your circumstances. In the book of John, chapter 12, verse 32 Jesus says, and when I am lifted up from the earth, he says, I will draw everyone, men, women, boys, and girls, to myself. Well, we know he was lifted up from the earth on a cross, but that wasn't really what he was talking about. Three days later, when he was, you know, resurrected, he said, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And then not too long after that, all the disciples watched him as he ascended into the heavens. Jesus said, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. And I venture to say about everybody in here at some point in your life, whether you, you, you were raised in a Christian environment or not, you felt a tug Godward. God was tugging you. You felt that same thing that the birds feel when fall comes around. They feel this tug to go south. And, and Jesus says if he was lifted up from the earth, he will draw. He would tug men, all men unto himself. And we felt that tug. And even if we stray away, we feel the tug to get back to God. It's within us, you see. 
In the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also, talking about the Son of God, became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. See, Jesus couldn't die as the Son of God. He had to lay aside all of his divine attributes and his power in order to die. That's what he had to do. And it says, The Son also became flesh and blood, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Verse 15 says, Only in this way could he set all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying, to set free. Only in this way could he set free, set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. And you know what? A lot of people are afraid to die because you don't know what's on the other side. And you know you, you, you've got sin, and, 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 and we know that sin is not a good thing, not when you stand before Almighty God. And a lot of people are fearful to stand before Almighty God, but I'll assure you, as you begin to experience the power of the resurrection, there's no fear in death at all. There's actually a looking forward. I'm going to stay here and do what you want me to do, Lord, but I can hardly wait to kick off my shoes and slide down those streets of gold in my sock feet. It's a reality. It's what I'm talking about. See, sin entered the world when man took the fruit from the tree of temptation. The tree of temptation. We know about Adam and Eve in the story there, but, but see, sin was forgiven when men nailed Jesus to the tree of salvation. And that's the tree of salvation. It's the cross. And we know... Uh, hold on a second. I forgot something. Oh, where's my glove? There it is. <clears throat> now, what is this? <clears throat> It's actually my Christmas tree from this past year. <laughs> I figured out how to make that one investment go to two holidays, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm working on a couple more holidays with it. You know, but the cross, which I've learned, the reason I got my gloves on, yesterday, right before the church service, I went out there and I trimmed all the branches off of it. And this thing is just flowing with sap. It's amazing when you come in contact with the cross, it, it, it sticks with you, you know. <laughs> At least this one it does. But the cross is an amazing thing. You, you know, when we think of the empty cross, and that is the way God intends you to see it and think about it. That's his intention. Because Jesus is no longer dead and he's not hanging on a cross and he's not in a tomb somewhere either. So we understand that Christmas we celebrate the Savior coming to this planet. Jesus came here uh, so we could have hope to turn a light on and to forgive our sins. And that was fantastic as we celebrate the Christmas season, Christ's coming. But it would have meant nothing if he had not risen from the dead. So we must remember Easter. 
the resurrection and experience that power, and it brings about a radical transformation in our lives. That's just the way it is. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, I want to know. The apostle says, I want to know Christ and experience. And the word experience is talking about a personal encounter. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to experience that. I want to suffer with him. Whatever Jesus went through, he suffered persecution because he was the light of the world. And when light, you know, shines in dark places, the people in the dark don't like it. And, and the apostle says, I want to suffer with him and sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 it says, I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power. I don't know that we really understand it yet. And he says, I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his, of his power. Today is not a good day to fall asleep in church. Because <laughs> I'm looking for an object lesson. You know what? I think I'm going to leave that right here. All right. Let me read this passage again. It says, I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe in him. And when you believe in him, that resurrection power is available to you. And he goes on to say, this is the same mighty power, a dunamis, miraculous power. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. Power I'm talking about. Um, let me see here. You know, y'all like balloons? I like balloons. Hey, get up there. Get up there. Yeah. These balloons are identical. The ribbons are identical. They're identical in every way. But what's on the inside is different. And what's on the inside makes a huge difference. It really does. Let me see if I can just tie them off up here somewhere. Now, these two balloons here, 
one of these balloons represents you. It keeps trying to hide because it can't fly. Which one of these balloons represents you is the question I have for you. Because, see, one of them has accessed some power that the other one does not have. There's this resurrection power that's pulling it upward and heavenward. There is a power pulling against this one. It's the power of gravity like sin that's just always pulling you down. Listen to what the Bible says here. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And when the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, you're a lot like this. But when the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead does not live in you, there is no place that you have in your life for him, you're more like this. And though you want to do this, in your own human strength, you can't do it. I'm talking about there is a radical transformation available to those who access the resurrection power. And he says here in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, like helium in a balloon. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Do we welcome him into our life as this balloon welcomed the helium into itself? You know, Think about that for a moment. Verse 12 goes on to say, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do because resurrection power sets you free and lifts you above it. <clears throat> See, this balloon don't have to live that way no more. You know what I'm saying? Don't have to live that way no more. Because there's the power on the inside <clears throat> that makes a difference. Gravity, the sin of gravity is always pulling us downward. But the resurrection power of Jesus Christ brings about a radical transformation in you and, and, and your family, to be honest with you. It lifts us up. Resurrection power. You know, we're talking about the power that can change your life. I'm talking about the power that will change your life. A power that, that cancels your past. All that that used to hold you down, it, it's, it's gone. It no longer can control you any longer, you see. So what I want to talk about right now is, is some news that you can use. You know, in this world in which we live, there's a lot of news out there that's just worthless. You can't use it for nothing, you know. But I want to talk about some news you can use. And it's found here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. <clears throat> and it says, For God's way of making us right with himself depends on works. I'm sorry? Oh, yes. Okay, let's, let's read that properly now. For God's way of making us right with him depends on what? Faith. Believing in him. And as a result of faith, the next verse 
comes in <clears throat> to play. And it says, I can really, really, this is not something that's thorny, I can really know Christ. We're not talking about I can just know some rules and regulations and, 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 and some uh, religious kinds of stuff. But he says here, I can really know Christ and experience a personal encounter and experience the mighty power. You remember in mighty power, right? I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Saw some of you jump there. <clears throat> I can really know Christ and experience the mighty power. I'm talking about resurrection power that raised him from the dead. I can experience that. In my own life, I can experience the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. I can experience it for me. And that's what he's saying here. I can really know Christ. And Christ makes a difference. I can experience that, you know, mighty power that raised him from the dead. You can tap into this resurrection power now. And you can overcome all the odds that has been stacked against you. And there's odds that's been stacked against us. The enemy of our soul, the devil, he, he tries to trip us up every which way that we go. That's for sure, you know. But I want to challenge you to take a step of faith and, and make your spiritual development the priority of your life. Getting closer to God, accessing that resurrection power. It's worth whatever it takes of your time, energies, and resources to put Christ first in your life. It's worth it, I'm telling you. Well, let's look together if we could to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, you can really know Christ and experience, this is a personal encounter, the mighty power, you remember, resurrection power that raised him from the dead. Now, many people feel like something is broken on the inside. There's a lot of people in this world, they, they feel like they're unfixable. I've been broken, and I cannot be fixed. That's the way they feel. That's an honest feeling. And with that in mind, I want us to look at this passage that really changes things. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. It says, you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power, that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. I know you felt broken, you felt unfixable, but you can know the one who heals the broken hearts and sets the captives free. You can know him and his power, you know, personally. You know, uh, some people feel that what's lost can never, ever be restored. You, you know, you, you lived a certain way and, and you've lost out on a lot of stuff, you know. And then how could God ever use you or, or bless you and a lot of people just feel like, you know, I could never have restored that which I have lost. But there's a passage in the Bible that helps us, and it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, and it says, You can really know Christ and experience the mighty power, you know, like resurrection power, that raised him from the dead. You can know it for yourself. You know, there, there are people who, who feel like the, the wrongs that's been done to you can just never be righted. I've been so hurt and abused and this, you know, it's just like I'm, I'm just lost out. It could never be right again. But I want you, if you have your Bible, you can turn there with me or, or we can look at it on the screen. 
uh, to this passage is found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And it says you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power. You know, like that resurrection power that raised him from the dead. You can know him personally. I'm talking about you can know Christ. Now, there's many people who are walking around and, and, and they're feeling like damaged goods. They've been put on the marked down shelf, you know, because there is little value to them. But there's a passage I want us to read, and it changes all that, and it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And it says, you can really know Christ. You, I'm talking about Christ, <clears throat> the Son of God, the King of kings, the one who comes to heal the broken heart, sets the captives free, <clears throat> the creator of the universe. You can really know Christ and experience the mighty power, that resurrection power. You can experience it. Now, I'm telling you right now, if you want to experience the power of my flashlight, come up and I'll let you experience it. You're a wise group of people. But you also can experience the resurrection power of Christ. And if you'll come to him, he will allow it to enter into your life. It will change things and bring about a radical transformation for you. That's what he promises us. Listen to what it says. Here one more time in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. It says you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I'm talking about resurrection power. Awesome. You're catching on. Many are just living one step away from despair. One more bad thing, one more negative report. Don't even show them the newspaper. They're one step away from despair. There's a world filled with people who are a step away from despair. And I want us to turn in our Bibles to a passage that would help them. And it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And it says, you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. We're talking about resurrection power. It changes things in a person's life. There's a lot of people who genuinely feel invisible. That They are love-starved. They are love-starved, and, and, and they feel like nobody even sees them. And we wonder why they do some of the crazy things they do. They're just trying to get someone to acknowledge that they exist. And some of the things that they do are not very nice. But they would rather be at least noticed in a not nice way than not ever noticed at all. They feel invisible. You know, they, they crave for love. But they've been starred from true love. Well, there's a passage in the Bible that helps them. And it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that says, You can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. We're talking about resurrection power. You can experience it if you want to. You know, many are crying on the inside, and they're saying, 
notice me. Notice me. Convince me that I matter. There are people who are taking their lives. There are people who are just so empty and, 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 and they're just crying out, notice me. Convince me that I am not an accident. That, that, that I am here for a purpose. It's heartbreaking. But there's a passage in the Bible for them and it's found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 that says, you can really know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I'm talking about resurrection power. You can know him and that power. So don't give up. Resurrection power is available to everyone to overcome the odds, to overcome the obstacles that has been put in our place. Now I want to read you something from Corinthians, okay? <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 says, That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. I mean, what we're, we're hearing God say to us is don't give up, but look up. There's this upward tug for us to look up when things happen around us don't look down that's what sin would have us to do because it's all that gravitational pull down 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 but don't give up look up to the risen savior whose resurrection power is available to you well let's move on if you would look with me to the book of philippians chapter 3 verse 10 and it says you can really know christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Resurrection power is what he's talking about. And it is available to everybody on the planet. Although many people on the planet don't know about it yet. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 9, it says, For in Christ the fullness of God lives in a human body. And you are, what's that word? Oh, you're not there. Well, I reckon we should just quote Philippians then. You are what? You're complete through your union with Christ. You are complete. Without being in a relationship with Christ, we're always looking for something, looking for something, looking for something, and it can be drugs or alcohol, or it can just be pleasures and money and fortunes and fame. We're looking for something to fill the God-shaped hole that we all have. But the Bible makes it clear here in Colossians 2.10 that you are complete through your union with Christ. My question today is, are you in Christ? And when I say in Christ, I mean, are you in a relationship with Christ? It brings about a transformation, you know. Truth of it is, we often settle for less because we don't know that there's anything better. We just don't know that. How many of you once were a baby? <laughs> just about everybody here. Okay. You know how much I love to eat in church. And any opportunity I have to eat, I do. But I ain't eating today. Okay. <laughs> this right here, this is like strained spinach. Isn't that pretty color? Strained spinach, and it's also got green peas in it, too. You know, now, I mean, babies love this stuff, you know. 
You probably ate this stuff once upon a time or something very similar to it. The, the color, oh, I love the color green, and well, you can tell my shirt. You know? and, and this is my Easter stuff. This is a new pair of jeans and a new shirt. <laughs> Looks just like the ones I wore a couple weeks ago, but they're new. My wife bought them for me. But babies love this stuff. They really do. They love this stuff. Because they ain't had nothing better. You know what I'm talking about? They ain't had nothing better yet. You didn't know any better at one point in time. And then as you got older and you discovered French fries and burgers and fried chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy and homemade biscuits with butter and jam and green beans and candied yams and deviled eggs and roast beef and barbecued ribs and sliced ham and hot apple pie with ice cream. Woo. I ain't done. Pasta and lasagna and pizza and I can't stand it no more. I'm starving. I'm going to go get me something to eat. <laughs> Truth of it is, once you've had some of that stuff, does anybody want to have this for their Easter dinner? <laughs> Not one taker. Isn't that amazing? Because the truth of it is, <laughs> what? I ain't ever going back to strained spinach. Because I've had something that's better, you know. You know, uh, once you've tasted something better, you're not going back to this stuff. Well, well, look with me to Psalms 34, verse 8, and it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who trust in Him. Taste and see. Experience it for, your, for yourself. That's, that's what we're talking about. Experience it for yourself. This balloon here has experienced for itself what helium will do inside of it. This balloon here chose not. The helium. This one has tasted it and has decided that this is better than this. And one of these balloons represents you right now. Now, Ken and CJ Mansfield in California, they, they have a deli, you know, where they sell all kinds of foods and all. And being Christians, they often have very positive and kind words uh, and some food to people who are less fortunate, who can't even afford it, you know. And there's this guy by the name of Garland. He's a homeless man. And Garland comes in several times a week. And Ken and CJ, they encourage him. They speak kind words to him. They make him an awesome sandwich. They share what they have with this homeless man. Well, their shore was broken into. And everybody, cops included, thought that Garland was the one who broke into the store one night when nobody was there. And, and Ken and, and, and CJ, they didn't believe it was Garland. So because Garland had been interviewed by the cops and everybody was pointing their finger at him, you know, they wanted to do something to him to encourage him, you know. So they made up a very, very expensive fruit basket for him. And they went and found Garland and they said, Garland, we know you had nothing to do with that, and we love you, and, and they gave him this awesome fruit basket. Now, here's Garland walking down the sidewalk with this awesome, expensive fruit basket. And you can imagine what happened. 
cops picked him up. And they brought Garland in to see Ken and CJ with the fruit basket in hand because they were sure he had stolen it. But Ken said when he saw Garland coming in the door, Ken said, hey, Garland, thanks for bringing the, the basket in. Here's the other things we wanted to put in it. And uh, here's your change, $38.67. And the cops are just like looking at him, and it's like they gave Garland a ride wherever he wanted to go, you know, because they thought they had caught him, but they had not. Well, truth of it is, Garland, he died a couple of days later in the park on a park bench. He was homeless. Ken and C.J. were called to the attorney's office. Garland had left all of his worldly belongings to them. His travel bag, well-worn, a bag of bird seed, and a Bible, marked with a bank note. This little bank book thing there. But, but let me read you a passage. It's found in Matthew 25. Verse 35, and Jesus says, for I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger. You invited me into your home. This is what Jesus says. Verse 40 says, and the king, talking about Jesus, and the king will tell them, I assure you, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, like Garland, you were doing it to me. Now, I don't know if you understood that or not, but whenever you have helped another human being in any kind of a situation, you genuinely was helping Jesus. You genuinely was. He takes personal. And I'm telling you, if you see one of my kids broke down on the side of the road or in some kind of a pickle and you stop and help them, you know you're helping me, right? So we, we see what the scripture says. Well, the attorney showed Ken and CJ, you know, this uh, little will that Garland had left to them. And they looked in the... The, the, the little bank book there in the last entry was $38.67. That's what they gave him when he came back with the fruit basket with the cops. And it rounded out and brought the balance to well over $3 million. See, sometimes there's people out there who need more than dollars and cents. And Garland just needed somebody to love him. He needed a relationship. He needed somebody to care. And Ken and CJ became rich by Garland's death. There was over $3 million that was added to their bank account because of Garland's death. See, the truth of it is that Garland had riches that no one knew about. Now, as I read my Bible, I discovered that as Jesus hung on the cross, 
he had riches that few knew about. And, 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 and there's only a few who even knows about it today. A couple thousand years later. And he has riches that he is offering unto you and to me if we'll believe and receive. See, his death has made us rich. That's just the way it is. Listen to what the Bible has to say. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, You know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus Christ was. And though he was very rich in heaven, for they make the streets out of solid gold, yet for your sakes he became poor. He came to this planet so that by his poverty he could make you rich. And see, as I understood the story about Garland, it helped me to understand the story about Christ, which is true. See, he, he's made us rich by his death. And he's offered us something more than just dollars and cents. He's offered us a radical transformation, a change that's absolutely amazing. In the book of John, chapter 20, verse 6, it says, Simon Peter arrived. Now, this was after the, the crucifixion, and they put Jesus in a tomb, and Mary come running back and saying, Someone stole his body. And, and, and these disciples took off to the tomb, and it says, And Simon Peter arrived at the tomb, and he went inside, and he also noticed the linen wrappings laying there while the cloth, and most translations will use the term a napkin, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. And then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and he believed. And there's an interesting little footnote here, something I had read a, a few years ago. And it's, according to the Hebrew tradition of that day, the folded napkin had to do with a master and a servant relationship. And every Jewish boy of that day knew this tradition. And when the servant was setting the dinner table for the master, he set it exactly the way the master wanted it. And the table was furnished perfectly. And the servant would wait just out of sight until the master had finished eating, and the servant would not touch that table until the master was finished. And when the master was done eating, he would rise from the table, he would wipe his fingers and his mouth with the napkin and clean his beard with it, and then he would wad the napkin up and he'd toss it in the middle of the table. And the servant then knew, you know, uh, to clear the table. In those days, the wadded napkin meant... I'm done. But if the master got up from the table and folded his napkin and laid it beside his plate, the servant would not dare touch the table. See, the folding, folded napkin meant, I'm coming back. Now, if you've read your Bible, you will remember that Jesus had said it many times. And there was prophecy about it, that he's, coming back and I want you to understand that's okay applaud him when he was crucified and put in a tomb and when he rose from the dead and he put that little folded napkin there he's making a statement to all the servant mentalities and everybody understood that as like I'm coming back I'm coming back 
And although you and I look around at this world in which we live right now, and it's in pretty much turmoil, and our own nation is not quite shiny and clean as it once was, and we can see the signs of the times that Christ is coming back, because we're in a pickle of a shape right now, but he promised to come back. And you need to understand something. God is not in heaven wringing his hands at the horrible condition of this world. God ain't nervous at all. He told us way before you were ever born, he said, I'm coming back to get you. I'm coming back. He rose from the dead, and he says, I'm coming back. And he is coming back. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, there is salvation in 16 places. Is that what it says? No, that's not what it says. It says there is salvation in no one else. There is no other name. And he's talking about the name of Jesus. There is no other name in all of heaven for people to call on to save them. And then in John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, he told them, he says, I am the way. He's the creator of the universe, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father in heaven except through me. No matter what you do, I don't care what you got, what you own, what you've worked really hard to do, you cannot make it. You fall short. It takes resurrection power in a man, woman, boy, or girl's life to bring about salvation and enter into the kingdom. And you'll always feel that heavenward tug. We'll close with this little passage right here. And it helps us to understand how salvation and resurrection uh, are, are absolutely linked together. In Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth, this is our part, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, what? That God raised him from the dead. If you don't believe in the resurrection, you cannot possibly be saved. You cannot make it to heaven if you don't believe in the resurrection. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And understand this, at Easter, what Easter is basically telling us that God always has the last word. Always. You know, the, the powers of darkness thought they had really done, you know, the Son of God in. You think God was worried about that? This was part of the plan to bring salvation to you and me so he could share it with all of us. What we're going to do here in just a few moments is, is to pray. But as you leave in a few minutes... Our ushers at the doors uh, have some buckets of stones. And I want you to take a stone with you when you go home. And I want you to put it somewhere that you'll see it every day, and it can remind you of what I'm talking about here today. Although the powers of darkness tried to seal the stone, the religious leaders tried to seal it. They had soldiers there. And the demons and devils were happy with glee that the Son of God is dead and the tomb has been sealed. But three days later, God moved the stone. Jesus was alive. 
And though the powers of hell did their best to keep that stone in its place, they could not hold it there. No, be, no more than if you could try to go outside right now and hold back springtime. Say, trees and grass and flowers, you ain't going to grow. They could not hold Jesus in the tomb. The stone was rolled away, and we remember an empty tomb. We remember an empty cross. The stone was moved. So I want you to take, you know, a stone, and I want you to put it somewhere where you'll see it as a reminder when you see it that the stone was rolled away. Now, if you put it in your bathroom on the sink there and your wife don't like it there, you would be a wise man to move it. She read that story about David, you know, and <laughs> you might put it on the dash of your car or somewhere that you will see it. Carry it in your pocket if you want to. But uh, there also are obstacles that are in our path that stand between us and Christ. And we can't really get any closer to him because there's, there's like a stone, there's an obstacle that's keeping me at a distance from him. I'm telling you, if you'll let God, he'll move that stone from your life so you can come close to Christ if you want to. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, whose resurrection we celebrate this day. We thank you that Jesus is alive. He is risen from the dead. And, Lord, we want to access that resurrection power. We want to truly know Christ and that mighty power that raised him from the dead. And I thank you that all the men and women who are in this building today and all those who are watching online all over the world and wherever they might be, I thank you that you are extending that resurrection power to each and every one of us. We thank you, Father, that we'll never, ever again have to be totally controlled but the gravity of sin is always pulling us down. Bring about a radical transformation in our lives today as believers, as non-believers. Change us so we'll be more and more like Christ. As our heads are bowed, I would ask you to join me in a simple prayer. Those of you who do know Christ already, would you reaffirm your faith on this Resurrection Sunday? Those of you who are not quite sure if, if you're in a relationship with Christ or not, would you join us and pray for the very first time and welcome Christ into your life? Or maybe you have known him and you've just strayed way off course. Let's just make things right today. Would you join me as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that you've got great plans for my life. And that the best is yet to come. Thank you for sending your son, Father. I believe he died in my place. I believe he paid for my sins. And I believe he rose from the dead. And I believe that Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart. And I open that door right now. And I welcome Jesus into my life as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I am truly sorry for my sinful ways. And I choose this day 
to enter a relationship and access that resurrection power. May your will be done in my life and through my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you leave, a couple things. One of them is a connections card, and it has a weekly challenge on it. And the weekly challenge, and if you agree with it, you just check it right there and drop it in the tithe box. It says, I have a fresh determination beginning this week to know Christ and to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Whether you've ever known him or not, I have a fresh determination this week to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. If you agree with that, just check it off, drop it in the tithe box. If you prayed with me a few moments ago, if you would stop at, uh, at the Connections desk, we got a gift bag for you, for all of you who welcome Christ into your life. There's a Bible, it's free. There's a movie and some other little goodies. It's, it's all free. Please take it. I believe it will inspire your faith. If you're a guest today, we have a cool gift for you at the desk back there. Just say, I'm a guest today, and they'll give it to you. It's one of our ways of saying, thank you for coming, and we hope you come back. Um, and then finally... I really need some life group leaders for at least seven weeks or facilitators. We'll call it facilitators. And if you would do it for me, say, I'll be a facilitator for seven weeks. And if you need to rotate because you got a vacation, we'll, we'll figure all that stuff out. But if you will do that, just fill this out. It's back there at the connections desk and drop it off. And uh, don't forget, next week we start a new series called uh, I Love Fishing. Yes. Fishing season's just right around the corner, too. Hey, God bless you. Greet one another on your way out. Don't forget your stones. You're dismissed.